Greetings, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to Christ Over Crypto, where earthly investments become heavenly treasures. I'm your host, Frank Turner. And on Christ Over Crypto, our message is about stewardship of God's resources so that they don't become our master, but allow us to honor and glorify our heavenly father. On today's episode of Christ Over Crypto, we'll be talking with Academy of Kings founder Mark Neesman, as well as what banks holding your crypto keys might mean to the future of crypto. But before we get into all that, we're going to pause for our intro and a word from one of our sponsors. See you on the other side. Everybody listen up, I'ma let you know that it's all about Christ over crypto. You should invest, but still be responsible. And remember that it's Christ over crypto, yeah. And money shouldn't be your master. Verse 24, Matthew, the sixth chapter. Serving God is the only thing that I'm after. Tell the devil back up when I get my stacks up. This is not about greed, I just wanna be a better me. Use my resources to build up a legacy. I don't wanna be dead broke when I'm 70. Christ over crypto, and it's really helping me, yeah. Christ over crypto, come on, hey. Christ over crypto, yeah. Today's episode is brought to you by Bitcoin Legendary. New to cryptocurrency? Curious on how to buy and sell Bitcoin? Visit ebook.christovercrypto.com for your free copy of Bitcoin Legendary. This ebook gives you a step-by-step guide on how to invest in Bitcoin and other cryptocurrencies safely and securely. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm so excited for today's interview that my guest, Markel Neesman Sr. is the founder of the Academy of Kings. He's an amazing man, an amazing individual with an amazing story that will inspire you. I don't even want to say what we're going to talk about because it's going to be so amazing. So Mark, I want you to just come in, let the audience know where did you get started? What is the Academy of Kings and what do people need to know about what you're doing? Hey, um, man. Thanks so much, Frank, for bringing me in on the show. And uh, first, I want to say thank you to your audience and to your listeners um, for, you know, lending an ear and and all the powerful things that you're doing right now to serve this community. So really grateful to be here. But, um, you know, um, they they always say start with your why. You know, people people tend to listen in more when they know your heart as opposed to the what, the thing you do, you know. And so if it's okay, I'd like to start with that in my my mission is to help men maximize their potential and master success. And when I say men, I'm saying, you know, young men and adult men. But um, and, we, and we've been at this work now for about a decade in time. And, um, I, you know, I put together a few different products to help serve young men and, um, and, and adult men. But um, one in specific is the Academy of Kings Preparatory School located here in Orlando, Florida serving grades six through 12. And uh, we have a consulting firm for entrepreneurs, uh, business leaders, owners, entrepreneurs, which is AOK High Performance. Um, And those are the two main uh, entities that we're functioning in right now, burning the candle on both ends of the stick, if you would, serving adult males and youth. Um, So yeah, I hope I answered your question. No, that was definitely, I mean, that was a great answer. I think when you talk about men in leadership, you know, obviously you have a maybe a lack, I would say a lack of leadership in the country at this time. Where do you think what you're doing long-term, how do you think that's going to affect, say, the future of what leadership looks like? Like, what is your, what is your vision when you see the lack of leadership now? What do you, what do you feel like the Academy of Kings and AOK High Performance, what do you think they're going to produce uh, as far as fruit and leadership? Yeah, so I keep it simple. We breed kings. <laughs> that's 
that's my saying. I'm sipping on my cup of tea right now, and that's what it says on it. And um, and I and that is, you know, that that's an all-encompassing answer for that question. You know, when I say king, please don't, you know, those of you listening, don't don't misinterpret. <laughs> a king for me is a is an individual that has dedicated his life to serving those that give him the privilege of leadership. So to so to answer your question, I think that to view it now, to view it in the term of now today's leader and now in today's leaders, I think that um, for for an eternal mind, for for a legacy mind, that's a short term fix. Whereas I've set my mind and my career and my life and my being, my purpose on affecting legacies and lineages to come. And the best way that I know to do that is through education. I believe that education by far is the pinnacle resource to changing generations and to changing human habit, which at the helm of while we do anything is habit. It's thought processes that have been ingrained over the course of time, um, whatever that time limit be, and you hear people say all kinds of time frames on creating a habit, but um, it's been created and, and, and it has to be unlearned. When you talk about um, the leadership of today, um, a, lot, a large portion of that comes, it's multifaceted. There is no short answer to that question, but in many cases, uh, it always boils back to, um, at some point, someone getting selfish. And you can look at, you can, you don't, you know, let's not make this complex. Let's keep it really simple with that question. View it, as, view it like a marriage, you know. Um, inside of a household, you have a husband and wife. And, and the only time that there will be discontent is when someone gets selfish. And if you view leadership from the same place, remember leadership is ultimately denying oneself for the good of everyone else uh, or fighting to, you know, uh, it is like I said, um, um, sacrificing my life in, 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 for the privilege of serving other people. And so if that is the truth, if that is truth. If what I said is truth, then the only way that I could ever steer wrong as a leader, not to say I won't make mistakes, but to completely steer wrong as a leader is if I begin to not think about the people. That's the only way I could ever steer wrong. And I believe that the, um, the discontent that we may see in today's leadership is heavily predicated on the fact that people, some way, shape or form, grew selfish. Wow, that's that's a really powerful answer. This the selfishness and being the selflessness that's required in leadership, something that's often overlooked. I think people just want the position, but you're actually putting some real traits out there that go with it. Um, one of the things I want to ask you is obviously you've talked about men and developing young men. Have you ever gotten any pushback from women that say, Hey, so what about women? Can women lead? Like what do you, what would you say to somebody who says, Hey, that's great what you're doing for men? What about the young ladies and women who um, could be leaders. What, what, are you, what would you say to that? Absolutely. 
And um and yeah, to answer that question, I've gotten all kinds of feedback. Even now today, I get um I get called a feminist. I get called I'm sorry, not a feminist. Um, I get called a um you know you think I joined the He Man Woman Haters Club, but <laughs> um from from feminists and from people who advocate for women, and, I, and you know it's ironic because if a person knew who I was and where I came from, and I'm sure we'll we'll dive into that a little bit. But if they knew who I was and where I came from, um, they would know that that's not any of who I am uh, just because I lead a, a, a male organization doesn't mean that I am um, in any way, you know, um, um, anti-female or against females. In fact, if, if a person took the time to look into what it is that we're doing, the women actually love it. <laughs> there's not too many um there's not too many moms or wives that I speak to that are not that don't walk away inspired or you know uh encouraged because of the work that it is that we're doing and so to and, and I do get that question that you asked you know well, what about the women and that usually comes from the from mothers and wives who have been impressed by what I do but um and, and in that I tell them quite frankly, you know, and, and, and with a smile on my face that I am serving them. I'm serving them by serving, by serving their future husband or by serving the man that's currently in their life or by serving their father, you know, and, and that is how I'm, I'm just doing my part. I'm doing what I'm good at. And what I'm good at is serving men. Now, that was a great answer. That was, that was, that was good. Um, so you mentioned where you started let's let's go there where you said if people knew your story and why you um started where you were they wouldn't even ask that question just tell the listeners a little bit about uh your upbringing and some of your ideals that you still carry with you today as you operate the academy of kings absolutely yeah um, um I, I give a lot of honor to my mother actually for um what the academy of kings has become and those of you who may look it up, it, it, you know, we, we go by the title AOK. So, you, you know, we have and we have three different entities, AOK Male Leadership Group, AOK Research Group, um, AOK High Performance. Uh, the only entity you'll find with Academy of Kings is actually the school. Um, and we did that intentionally. But um, but but my mother is a great influence um, in what it is that I, I now do today. So my mother actually. Um, you know, was impregnated with me at 17 years old. And, um, and she was raised by, um, by her grandparents because her mother was in an abusive relationship. Um, my grandmother actually died with a bullet in her nose. And, uh, and her grandfather, uh, my grandfather that recently just passed, um, at that time in his life, he was actually a, a pimp, a true pimp and, um, and, and, uh, and a street hustler. So, um, you know, I shared that because you have to get perspective on where a person has come from. Now, you take a 17-year-old girl who's pregnant um, by my father, who at the time was selling drugs, too. <laughs> so, um, uh, you know, just, just, just a, a, a huge pot of um, confusion and, and, and waywardness, you know. But um, essentially, my mother was kicked out of the home. So she had me at 18 on her own. Um, and that's, you know, for those of you who need context, that's a nosedive into poverty. And my mother went on to have uh, five, uh, five other children before the age of 23. So um, that put me the oldest child of five kids, um, you know, 
Uh, I don't think I, I don't think I need to explain much more from that. I think I think our listeners uh, kind of catch the drift. But um, that that uh, automatically made me started my journey as a leader. You know, from from a very very early age, and one without a father figure in the home. So my passion for serving fathers comes directly from my experience. Uh, and when I say fathers, I'm talking about husbands. I'm talking about men in general. Um, I say fathers because that is the that is the leader of the home or a leader in the home. And and so, you know, w- when you talk about my passion, it came from what I grew up witnessing. And, it, you know, my I would I would refer to my, my I would refer to my experience as an extremity. You know, I know that there are I mean, studies show it 50 percent of households do not have um, a father in them. And this is across all demographics. On top of that, the 50% that do have fathers, only 25% of them actually have the biological father there. So when you, you know, when you view it from that perspective, there is a huge need for men to understand who they are. They don't fully grasp it. There is no way you could convince me they do. Because if a man really knew who he was, he would not walk out on the one sure shot he has at legacy. He has that living on. He, la- he has that at, at, at extending his, his, his roots and his lineage beyond now and today. There's no way he would give that up if he really knew who he was and Um, You know, aside from that, um, growing up and having to be the male in my home, having to be that guy from, you know, from the age of nine, I I get, sometimes I get picked at by people who are older than me. They say, you know, you're a young guy. What do you, you know, like, what did you do? Read this in a book? And it's like, (laughs) no, I... (laughs) No, I didn't. It, I just got it in reverse. You know, it's like um, I can't remember the name of that movie, the Benjamin movie, where the young man he get as he gets older, he he, he shrinks into a baby. Um, Benjamin something. Um, but that guy, I, I'm like that guy concerning leadership. You know, Benjamin Button. What's that? Benjamin Button. Yep. There it is. <laughs> I'm like I'm, that. That happened to me just in reverse regarding leadership. You know, um, to um skill sets that people didn't start developing until their 20s. I started developing when I was eight and nine years old. That's all that happened, you know, and, uh, and, I, and, and, I, and I had to make a sacrifice for that. You know, I've, I had to forego childhood. It's in the mental health um, industry is what's called parentification. And that happens when a young person, uh, you know, a child feels that they have to take on an adult role or a parent role. And um and that that's you know that's who I was that's what I felt I and and um and and I'm grateful now because I turned what one may view as a you know as a weakness or as a you know um, as a, as a catastrophe or whatever word you may um a trauma even I took it and I turned it into now it's a, it's a diamond you know it's a, it's um and it's serving me well and allowing me to have impact on um, thousands of people right now so I'm really grateful for that. 
wow, that was that was something. And, and, I, and it's funny because before we even recorded, I said, you know, first time, and we met through a mutual friend, um, good good man, uh, CJ. And the first time I heard you, I think it was on a prayer call we did, and I was like, God, this guy's this guy must be older than me, you know, just the way he's speaking. And, and it wasn't, and so I was just like, this guy has wisdom. And obviously, as we got to know each other, I was like, wow, for, for you know, for, for where you are, I, I think that, you know, it's, a, it's an amazing testament to your character and what God has done through you. Because, as I said, it's like there's wisdom that people hope to gain, like you said, in their 30s, but you have already amassed that well before um, that and certainly are still growing. Uh, you know, one of the things I want to talk about with, with that wisdom is uh, there's something you put together uh, called the Four Stages of Manhood. Can you talk, tell listeners about that? Uh, why that's valuable, how that can help men who might be, say, struggling or not knowing. You mentioned just a few minutes ago that men don't know who they are. What what would that um, work do for them, the four stages of man? And how can that help get a man on track who might be struggling right now? Yeah, I, um, it's definitely for that guy. But, you know, men, um, men that are listening, this is, you know, if I may, we tend to struggle with admitting weakness. You know, we can be vulnerable. We tend to struggle with being weak. We tend to struggle with um, with not knowing. And further, you know, telling other people that we don't know. You know, it's, it's really in confidence that you, you see confident people do that more than anyone else. But, um, but when, when, you know, and I'm only sh- sharing that because I don't want it to, I don't want my lens of men to be conscrewed. I don't want my lens of men to come across that. I don't think that they are um, capable or I don't think that, that they are um, uh, worthy. In fact, I call men king. Most men that I come in touch with, I call them king. And I get a 50-50 response. <laughs> Some people push back from it. Some people embrace it. But um, it's more times than not, that's their test, not mine. And I call, I call you king because I seek to empower you. I seek to help you to view yourself in your highest form. I'm not sitting you on a throne. I'm not, I'm not at all putting you at the top of a mountain. In fact, it's, it's inverted. And you're actually at the bottom of that mountain and that mountain is upside down and you have to hold it all together. It's a place of servant leadership. It's a man dedicating his life, again, dedicating his life to serve those that give him the privilege of leadership. And more than it's about a man struggling, it's about a man maximizing his potential and mastering success. We have two ways we can approach this. You know, you have therapists and counselors and you have um, coaches and, and speakers, motivational coaches and motivational speakers. A motivational coach and a motivational speaker can't speak to a person in a depression. A person in a depression needs someone to go into that place with them, understand them, and help pull them along just enough to get them to a neutral state. And then from that neutral state, they need someone to coach them and inspire them to grow, and be, to grow on and be their best self. And so more than I want a person to view this book as a, you know, as, as, a, as a way to pull, pull you out of, a, out of a struggling state or a depressed state, not to say that it can't, but more than, important than that, 
I really care to see you be productive, be progressive, and maximizing your potential and mastering success. And that is what the four stages of manhood does. It gives you a 10,000 foot view of, of, of what stages a man should be hitting, no matter his age. And I mean literally from zero to 125. It doesn't matter where you are, especially, and, and this isn't just for men, a mother, a grandmother, a aunt, a wife could pick up this book and gain massive, inc- massive insight from it. And it's not a long read. I want to say it's, I don't even know the amount of pages on my own book, but it's, <laughs> it's probably like um, just over 100 pages. You know, it's, it's not a very long read at all, but it is dense with insight to the psychology and the sociology that help men to thrive, help males to thrive. I don't even like using the word man. And when you read the book, you'll know why. But to help people get a clearer insight um, on the four stages of manhood, um, um, the first stage is boy. And as a boy, you are in a state of selfishness and dependency. The second state is man. And as a man, you are you become independent, but you are still selfish in your nature. And to help people contextualize this, I, I teach that young that, that you become a man at the age of 12. That's when the prefrontal cortex expands. And that is when you can make decisions for yourself. The moment that a young man is able to make decisions for himself, mothers, listen, the moment that your young boy is able to make a decision for himself, he is no longer your baby. He is not your baby. <laughs> and if you don't give him room and space to make that transition, he then graduates to being a young adult, right? 18, 19, a young adult, but still living in a state and a mindset of a boy. And that's a dangerous place to be because he's, be, he's being given access according to our economy, according to the laws that govern this nation. He's being, act, he's being given access, but he has not developed the responsibility. That's a dangerous place to be. He's, he, and if you ask him if he's a man, he's going to tell you he's a man. But he has not taken on the responsibilities. And that's, and, and that's why we say that a, a person being in just the state of a man, he is, he is simply independent, but he is still selfish in his nature. And that, that's what leads to the third stage, which is gentlemen. And at the stage of gentlemen, love is introduced. That's the key element that's introduced there. And he, he begins to make a transition. He's still independent, okay? Meaning he can only take care of himself. He can't buy you a house, but he can open the door for you. He can't buy your grocery, but he can take them from the car for you. He is able to take care of himself, but he understands now that he is a part, he is just a microcosm in the, in the flow of a much greater purpose, a much greater economy, a much, his eyes begin to be open to, to the point that he has to become a servant and add value. This is, the, this is the birthing of servant leadership. And then you have the fourth stage now, and this happens inevitably. If you have a person, you've never seen a person turn you down for serving you. And so what ends up happening is if a person begins to serve and add value to people, he becomes an authority. 
it becomes a household name. It, it, it just happens automatically. It's nothing you have to fight or, or try to make happen. If you extend your hand enough times to serve people, they will, they will, you will become the go-to individual. And, and in that, what ends up happening is that person has to go from being in a state of independence to being in a state of interdependence because they are being pulled on so much by different people that they now need resources of their own to be able to serve the demand. So they elevate from being independent to being interdependent which is the highest. Most people just want to be independent, but it, if you talk to a true king, you'll know because he, he speaks of interdependence. He speaks of not competing, but completing. He, 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 speak, he speaks a language that, that is empowering to other people. And that king then becomes, uh, that king is, is now not only is he um, interdependent, but he has developed so much um, uh, as an individual in, in, in servanthood that he 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 now surmounts uh, he he now surmounts the responsibility of everyone else around him. But that that that's really what allows him to have what we call impact, high impact, and high impact is what leads to influence, and influence is what will inevitably uh, dictate the the legacy of a man's life. Man, that was, that was great. I mean, I think so many people don't even know what that means. I think the independent, interdependent is something that, um, like I said, I want to encourage listeners to go back. Like say, you listen to Christ Over Crypto, you can find us on iTunes, Stitcher, Podbean, Google Podcasts. If you can't find us, you're not looking hard enough. Um, here with Mark Neesman, Senior, founder of the Academy of Kings. Uh, just an amazing revelatory interview. Just a lot of things that, you know, even I'm picking up, obviously, um, you know, I've seen some of your, your material and stuff like that, but just hearing it, hearing somebody, it's one thing to read somebody wrote and then talk to them. You always get more from that. So I, I'm honored to be here. Uh, one question I do have for you is obviously you have these, um, you know, Academy of Kings and things like that. And I know you're in Florida. Um, how is, how is this pandemic impacting you? Obviously this is a thing that you could not have foreseen and, you know, nobody could fault you for not foreseeing it. How has this affected your operations and, um, is there a plan for you moving forward, pandemic or not? How you know, just kind of give us an update on that. Absolutely, yeah. Um, I mean, um, you know, everyone has been affected. I'm an entrepreneur, and so you know, everyone has been affected um, regarding their business. But it's like anything else, you know. If you want to, if you ask a true leader um, what he's searching for in regard to adding value, it's really simple. He's He's going to tell you problems. <laughs> so, to answer your question, um, how how you know how the pandemic is affecting me? The pandemic is giving me it, it, the pandemic is stretching me. It's stretching me to be able to develop the capacity to handle and solve more problems. The more problems I solve, the more value I add. And as long as I'm adding value, everything else pretty much takes care of itself. You know, across the board, honestly, and um, and that that principle that I gave has is it served me well um, long before now. But I think that we all reach times when uh, when we have to, you know, when we have to uh, when we have to be tested, and this is definitely that time. And I and I I feel great about what it is that we're doing as an organization, um, even down to. 
um, you know, um, um, and my, and my, I have to give kudos to my wife for this because she came, she came up with the idea, but, um, you know, we have a clothing line that we have began marketing for um, via social media. And we, and our product line is obviously geared toward men. Um, it's higher end wallets and, and duffel bags and travel bags and, um, you know, things that, you know, just, just essentials for men, right? But um, she said, well, hey, you know, I had an idea to start making masks. Could we make masks and put the branding put the, you know, put the King Collection branding on it. And I said, absolutely. And so, again, finding a way to add value in the midst of, um, in the midst of a problem or in the midst of an issue. And, um, and, I, and it really, I, you know, I, I give credit to my wife because, honestly, you know, another trait of a king is not in so much in him thriving. It's in those around him thriving. And I, more than I get exhilarated, I am success. So being successful is a natural byproduct of who I, I have no choice but to produce success. But when I see that the people are connected to me are producing success, oh man, now I know expansion is taking place. Now I know that what I am teaching is true. One time a mistake, two times a habit. One time a mistake, one time, you know, <laughs> might call it luck, but two times, three times, no, that's production. That's solid. And so to see my wife coming into that um, big shout, big shout out to my wife, super grateful. Um, and, and, and that's another thing. That's, that's another reason that I, back to the statement about, um, you know, uh, feminist groups that sometimes give me some pressure, man. Um, I know where my help comes from. I know that I know that uh, that that my wife has an amazing influence on everything that I do, and I would I would never um, I would never withhold that glory from her. My wife is a is a huge reason for all that I am and all that I will be. So um, shout out to all the feminists out there, but I love you too. I am a feminist. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I know I kind of rambled a little bit, but absolutely, um, just finding ways to be a problem solver in the midst of in the midst of a problem. That's a great answer. I'm definitely taking notes. Um, I'm going to get you out of here. I got a couple more things to ask you. I want to know. Um, so right now there's a lot obviously going on, as you said, just um, what are you currently uh, working on? I know, I, I know I don't want to obviously I don't want you to share any trade secrets or anything like that, but like, what do you, obviously I know somebody like you doesn't think about, like you mentioned, you don't, I mentioned a leadership question at the beginning. You're like, I'm not looking short term, looking long term. So what's the next decade? look like for AOK um, and academy, you know, um, men's high performance and as, as well as the school, all the different facets you're in, like, what does that look like? Uh, what do you, what do you, what are your plans as much as you can uh, reveal them? Yeah, no worries. Um, so our main thing right now is collecting data. So we have a team of investors that have um, poured into us um, studying the buyer habits of, um, of, of, of the male demographic uh, specifically business owners, leaders, and entrepreneurs, those are the individuals that have shown to um, amass the wealth in this nation. And so we really focus on what their buyer habits are because we understand that that will have a, a, a tremendous impact on the economy and, and on everyone else, no matter uh, whether it's a depression or not, you know, <laughs> whether, you, whether you're in a, a, a bull market or a bear market, it doesn't matter. So 
um, that is one of the, uh, um, um, over the next decade, that's something that we are really excited about looking forward to. Also, it is, um, it is the mass distribution of ALK Preparatory in 10 years um, it is my declaration and mark this day and this time, but it is my declaration that within 10 years, we will have over 25 schools flooding the southeastern region of the United States. And at that point, we will also be establishing uh, AOK University or AOK College. We haven't decided, um, you know, wh wh which way we're going to go. But for every, for every region of the United States that we cover, uh, which will be the entire United States and abroad, but... Um, um, for every region that we cover of the United States, we plant a college, a university. So, um, so, so much more to come regarding, um, regarding research and regarding um, the education factor. And, uh, and something that I'm really excited about is our consulting firm and the work that we're doing right now with entrepreneurs and business leaders um, and impacting the workplace. And that's, that's I mean, all, it, all, all of this is ministry in my eyes. You know, all of this is, me being able to take my purpose and um and 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 incorporate my passion and help people and generate profit off of it is what I call the four P's. But um, um the 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 um consulting firm is something that I I really just I enjoy. I enjoy, you know, like the word says, when iron sharpens iron. And in many cases, you find that with like-minded people and me being a high-performing leader, me being an entrepreneur, me being a man's man, me being, you know, a husband, me being a father. I like, I love being around other men that can relate. And I think we all agree to that perspective. So I really look forward to, um, to our masterminds, um, to our, to our coaching programs. We have the King's Code, which is doing phenomenal right now. We have the round table, which is our mastermind program for entrepreneurs. And, and so I'm just looking forward to seeing growth in all of those aspects. And um, yeah, man, I mean, 10 years from now, I'm, I'm excited, man. That, 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 that is something to really look forward to. So, um, man, that's, like I said, definitely that's great information. So that's, I mean, there's so much that you just gave out just let the listeners know how they can connect with you and just find out more about you. Um, you know, your website, anywhere they can get your books, just share anything that you'd like to let them know how to connect with you. Absolutely. Um, so I think that the best way to get in contact with me is to, uh, it, it depends on what you're doing and what you're into. Right. But obviously if you're just trying to grow as a man, then Go ahead and check out the Manhood book, and it's um, manhoodbook.com. Really, really simple. Manhoodbook.com. You type that in, and you'll be able to get access to um, to the book. You can purchase it. It's fourteen ninety seven, um, and all proceeds go to our foundation, which helps to serve some of the young men that um, may need monetary assistance in being able to afford our school. If you are in the Orlando area, please look up Academy of Kings Preparatory School. And you have a young man, please look up Academy of Kings Preparatory School, aokprep.com. Um, or if you just want to research and you know you, you want to inquire, feel free to do so as well. If you are an entrepreneur, business leader, or owner, definitely um, reach out. Uh, definitely reach out to me. Um, I'm on. I'm, I'm definitely on all social uh, all social media platforms, but um, I would love to get you plugged into our community, and that is the High Performing Male Leaders Association. 
and we have a buzzing group on Facebook actually where I'm very uh, involved and you can connect with me there. High Performing Male Leaders Association is, the, is again the name. Um, other than that, Twitter is my primary source and my Twitter link is really simple. It's at Mark Neesman and it's Mark with a Q. M-A-R-Q Neesman, N-E-A-S-M-A-N. So at Mark Neesman, you can find me there and, um, and I engage and conversate a lot there. Um, beyond that, probably uh probably won't get me <laughs> yeah thank you so much i mean i like i said i just want to thank you again for being on uh, you know part of the show and just sharing so much wisdom and I th like i said this is something that i would encourage all listeners to go back and listen to and you may have to just listen to it in different bites just to absorb it all uh but again just want to thank you man for coming on i appreciate uh the knowledge you share with me not just on the show but it's off the show and the things you've helped me sharpen, like you said, iron sharpens iron. You definitely sharpened me in that regard. So I thank you for that. And um, just, man, I just want to wish you all the best and, and as you move forward with everything. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate it, man. Thank you so much for your time. Thank you all for taking the time out to listen. And I hope you all continue to listen and continue to subscribe to Christ Over Crypto, you know, gain your knowledge and grow in finance as well. So thanks, brother. Thanks for all you're doing. Once again, I want to thank Mark Neesman of the Academy of Kings. Just thank you for such an informative, enlightening interview. I want to encourage you guys to go back and listen to that. There was a lot in there that I think you could even uh, once over, twice over, could give you another um, bit bit of insight into. Uh, one of the things that we all didn't get into uh, was the King Show podcast, which is an amazing podcast that he does uh, bi-weekly uh, where he just kind of drops insight, drops nuggets into how you can become a better uh, man, you know, a better person in general, uh, leadership, um, character, all those different things that, that go into that. So that's an amazing thing. Again, that's the King Show. Um, and you can find that on all major podcast platforms. Uh, right now, we're going to get into the part of my fiat segment. We're going to talk about your local bank holding crypto and what that means. Excuse me, chap. I can barely make out what you're saying. Pardon my fiat. I only speak crypto. Pardon my fiat. Cryptocurrency news and updates. Welcome to Pardon My Fiat. Thank you guys for listening to this segment. Tune in. I'd like to encourage you to make sure um, you're a good steward. Go check out our shop, shop.chryserocrypto.com. Uh, grab some merchandise. Uh, support the show. Show you're being a good steward. Um, you know, one of the things that came out recently was the office of the comptroller for currency has said that banks can now hold cryptocurrency keys and assets. And so that's a really interesting um, turn of events considering just even literally, literally three years ago, um, banks were banning you from buying crypto with your own money. Like literally, um, when I was into crypto, I got into crypto about four years ago, and, and there was a time where you could buy cryptocurrency with your credit card or with a debit card, and then you know banks started shutting that down in somewhere in 2017, saying that crypto was a scam and you know these unregulated assets. And now, just a few years later, um, their banks are all in, saying that you banks can offer offer these uh, crypto services as well as hold the keys. Um, for those of you who are uninitiated into what I mean by keys is. Um, when you have cryptocurrency, let's just use Bitcoin for an example. When you buy a Bitcoin or you get a Bitcoin, it, it is sent to an address and that wallet has both public keys and private keys. And for all intents and purposes, that wallet 
or or that address they're on the blockchain and so there's different ways to abstract that I, I know one of the things you've heard of maybe paper wallets hardware wallets or on an exchange those are different places where your currency can be held um, generally I recommend a hardware wallet or, or a wallet you know where you control the keys so I think you know one of the things about banks holding your keys is they actually have the private keys now the good thing about that is if, you, if you're worried about losing your keys um, which could mean basically if you lose your private keys you lose your funds that's how it works in in the blockchain so banks are taking on that responsibility to store your private keys so that basically your money is safe but it's still actually in the blockchain so basically the bank still has to have store your your keys securely so there still could be risk if your bank gets hacked and your private keys get hacked you could lose your money the difference is the bank could provide restitution as far as you know a currency equivalent right they could pay you back at the time your um you know asset was lost if your wallet got hacked now um the thing is that that's kind of a little bit ironic is if this happens and continues this is kind of the opposite of what crypto was meant to do crypto was meant to be a decentralized um, type of environment but and so adding your keys or adding a lot of keys in a centralized place makes it more of a target for hackers in my opinion now whether it's good or bad you know only time will tell I personally would not um, put my keys in anyone else's hands certainly not a bank's hands um, but I, th I think I think with the understanding of this happening, it shows you that crypto is now certainly getting past that first um, the, the early adopter phase is over. Right. When I, we talk about people investing in crypto, the early adopter phase has now passed. It's kind of moving into I haven't said I'm not going to say it's been fully adopted, but we're, we're past that, that first initial wave. And so I, I think that if you're looking at investing in crypto and looking at the investment, um, it's definitely time to consider you know, if you want to get in, uh, like I said, again, we don't push any coins or any products on the show, but just general well-being, general stewardship and understanding that this is an asset class which has been growing. Uh, you know, the, the Genesis block of Bitcoin was mined 10 years ago. So cryptocurrency is while it's nascent as far as the, the, the time of it being in existence versus a gold. When you look at a world today where people didn't want to be in contact with each other in a pandemic and you have uh, people across countries doing business, the, the idea of a virtual currency makes more sense, especially now more than ever. And, and, and there's, you know, evidence of that happening by ways being adopted by the banks. So, again, this is just an interesting thing that came out. This just came out um, a couple of weeks ago. And so it's, it's a relatively new thing we haven't seen it been even really been fully enacted so we don't know the pros and cons yet but uh just keep 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 yourself um informed you know that's the main thing you can do and so again um with that you know just just stay tuned for more uh part of my fee i thank you guys for listening to this segment thanks again guys for listening to the show i want to encourage you to subscribe to christ over crypto on all major podcast platforms itunes podbean stitcher you name it we're there also, want to encourage you to visit shop.chrysorocrypto.com to get some apparel, uh, support the kingdom, show that you're a good steward. Uh, again, I just can't do the show without you guys. Thank you for your support, your love. Uh, I'll see you soon. And always remember, Christ over Crypto. Before we get out of here, I want to give you the chance to make the best investment you can ever make. And that's uh, one in, in the Lord Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior. And, you know, maybe, maybe you're never 
going to church. Maybe you're just listening to this and you don't know what this podcast is about, but you're interested in knowing Jesus is more personally. Or maybe you've been walking with God and you've fallen away and you and you want to make sure that you, you start walking back with him again. I encourage you uh, to say this prayer. So repeat after me. God, I know that I'm a sinner. I know that I deserve death, which are the consequences of my sin. However, I am trusting in Jesus Christ alone as my Savior, and I ask for forgiveness of my sins. I believe that his death and resurrection provided for my forgiveness and salvation. Thank you, Lord, for forgiving me and giving me access to your eternal kingdom. Amen. Congratulations. You started your journey with Christ. Let me encourage you to, to find a local church and continue your discipleship with other fellow believers. If you're in the greater metropolitan area of Baltimore, I welcome you to make your church home at I-5 City, located at 681 Hollins Ferry Road in Glen Burnie, Maryland. That's all for now. Until next time, always remember, Christ over crypto.